This is an exclusive presentation of WoWo 1190 AM and 107.5 FM, Unholstered. Welcome back. Here we go. Another edition of Unholstered. Hey, everybody. My name is Kayla Blakesley, and I am just one of your hosts here on Unholstered. I represent the local media side, as you know, or if this is your first time tuning in, this show is all about the local media teaming up with our local police department to talk about all of the things that don't often get talked about when it comes to law enforcement. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sophia Rosales-Catina. I'm a captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department, and welcome to the show. Sophia obviously represents the the police the department, law <laughs> the, side, the law yes. enforcement <laughs> side of things. Um, Sophia, we we got well, this is pretty interesting. We already kind of knew what we were going to be talking about, but just right as we walked into the studio today, we had a question come in on our text back line, and it goes hand in hand. <laughs> with what we are discussing. Um, I know you and I, Sophia, felt like it was really important to talk a lot about protesting, obviously because of everything going on in the world today. And that is exactly what the text that we got is referencing. So let me just read it verbatim to you. And maybe that's just where we'll start. All right, let's go. It says, hopefully this is question worthy. The protesters downtown in front of the courthouse are harassing people stopped at the light. We did absolutely nothing. And when we would not honk our horns in support of loving women, which is their slogan, she started harassing us. Of course, the issue is not about loving women. The issue is about baby's right to life. Just doesn't seem like they should be able to harass us for stopping at the light and not honking our horn in support of their position. Are they allowed to harass us? Start me off on it with a doozy. Um, my the simple answer to that would, as much as it pains me to say, the answer would be yes, as long as that confrontation doesn't get intimidating to the point of you're scared that for some physical confrontation or it doesn't turn physical. Uh, people have the right, as deplorable as things they may say, to say those things. Um, it's, it's one of those fine lines between what is determined to be intimidation versus just spouting off at the mouth and being mean or nasty. What if they started, you know, like knocking on the door or beating on the window? Yeah, that's something different because um, you're not allowed to touch people's personal property. Your car would be your personal property. Mm-hmm. Um, so once it starts rising to that level, then it's time for intervention at that point. Well, this is pretty much what we are talking about today is just protesting in general. We don't need to get political about it, but I'm sure the whole world is aware that a lot of uh, protests are currently breaking out across the country. We saw a lot of protests breaking out just fairly recently with the BLM kind of movement taking firm hold, especially where we are as well. Uh, but I kind of want to break it down, Sophia. I'm, I'm going to go back to my Ohio um, Department of Transportation days, my ODOT days. I worked there for a very short stint, and it really helped shape a lot of my views on protests. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm not a big fan of protesting. I know it is our right to peacefully protest, but I, I, have, I have different conflicting views on it. And some of the views come from my time at ODOT, because when I'm working there, I'm obviously a government employee. And there would be lots of protests in downtown Columbus, Ohio, which is where I was at. And we'd get calls all the time about protests that are going to be going on that weekend or protests going on that night. And we need to have X, Y and Z ready to roll. And a lot of those things were, you know, like uh, the big orange barrels or orange cones or makeshift uh, fencing that we would be responsible for, for collecting, for getting down to said site, for setting it all up. And then, of course, we've got to tear it all down and bring it back. And as you know, protests can go on for for days. Sometimes you have to set all that stuff up overnight. And it would just frustrate me greatly because I thought, man, this is what our taxpayer dollars are being used for. And I'm not quite sure people realize that. 
Yeah, so when we talk about protests and the cost of protests, I mean, we have to take all that into account because not only are you paying for uh, you know those barricades and because those are not cheap. No. So sometimes as we, as we went on and unfortunately, we've gotten just more violent as a society. So mm-hmm. never in a million years, back when people were protesting back in the 80s over high gas prices or in the late 70s, yeah. those kinds of things. Protesting now versus back then, two very different things. Yeah, and right now, it's like we've become, we've become more violent. And we've seen an uptick in people driving through, mm-hmm. getting frustrated at protesters, driving through crowds, those kinds of things. So now barricades have become a standard, and we've used them as well. And People thought we were trying to keep people out of the street using the barricades. No, we were trying to keep the street from coming on to the park mm-hmm. um, because that's that's our job as law enforcement. And it's not like we don't have opinions on what protests are going on, but we are tasked with the responsibility of keeping people safe, no matter if we agree with them or not. That's Our job is not to agree or disagree. Our job is to do our job. Do you always find somehow sometimes that gets lost in the perception? Because let's just say you're down there. Unfortunately, the topic right now is all about Roe v. Wade. Right. But let's say you've got a full police force out there um, protecting, if you will, the folks that are against overturning Roe v. Wade. Is it the perception that, you know, the police are on their side of things? Does that happen? Sure. It happens all the time. Um, But nothing's further from the truth. I mean, we we do try to remain neutral, but we're human beings. We have an opinion. Um, But if I'm doing my job, you'll never know what that opinion is while I'm working. So talk to me about logistics. At what point does the Fort Wayne Police Department get the call that says, hey, we, we need a full team out here at the you know Allen County Courthouse or wherever it might be to set up for a protest or, hey, things have gotten out of hand? Like, how, how did the logistics of all that work? So a few years ago, we had um, kind of a forethought to make a team called the Public Safety Response Team, PSRT. And that is for a lack of a better term, the riot squad, right? So <laughs> that, <laughs> the basic, riot squad. Right? Um, that's just a sim- simplistic way of saying what they are. But they're tasked with crowd control, and they have been trained, they have been utilized by the federal government. So when the RNC was in Ohio, mm-hmm. um, they had mutual aid go out because Columbus was was overtaxed with, with yep. all these people coming in, I and remember. They, they thought it was going to be really bad. So they asked area places around that had teams. We did. We had a newly established team, and it was a really good team led by some really good supervisors. So they took most of our team and took them to Columbus, and they um, took care of that, and that was funded by the federal government. So the federal government paid the wages for that. They also gave us a bunch of equipment um, as well. So that was another good thing that we went um, to do. And so we formulated this team, and it's kind of been the basis of, of everything we've done moving forward. How do we utilize this team correctly, appropriately, um, and discreetly when possible? Because the whole idea is never to see the police at a protest. Huh. Because that means you are peacefully protesting. And that is your right to do that. And we will uphold that right as much as we can. But the moment that that protest starts to turn illegal which means you're blocking sidewalks, you're blocking roadways, you're causing damage, you know, any anything like that, then you will see us. You will see us come out. And once the police come out and you haven't seen them all day, it's probably a good indication that things are not going that well and you should probably pack up and leave unless you're looking for confrontation. That's a good rule of thumb. Um, you know, I, you can say whatever you want, but you didn't see us back in the, in the BLM riots 
until things went mm-hmm. sideways. Um, we were getting 911 calls. We were getting a bunch of calls. That things but is that when y'all, is that how you get called out as the, as the initial 911 call or do you plan ahead? We for plan some ahead. Of these? We plan ahead. We're always planning ahead. So we, what we get our risk assessments, you know, we look um, at, you know, what's the rumblings around? Is this looking like it's going to be massive? Is this looking like it's going to be smaller? But we always have eyes on it. Um, our drone team has been really good. We're able to see um, the larger scale area of wherever the protests are happening. If it's, and usually they're confined down to the courthouse mm-hmm. lawn in front of the courthouse um, on Maine and Maine and Clinton. Am I allowed to ask you if, I mean, obviously I'm sure you're keeping your eyes on some of the protests currently with Roe v. Wade. Has, has that been a situation where you guys have got, needed to go down there yet? or We have not. I mean, we're always on standby. We're always on call. We have teams on call. We have teams that, because all, all, none of our teams are full-time teams. So the guys and gals on the street are our teams. So they can get ready really quick and get down there if they need to and muster in about you know 10 to 15 minutes. Um, so we we keep eyes on it. We always have someone keeping eyes on it, ear to the ear to the ground, if you will. And we have people call and tell us all the time, like, "Hey, you know, this. I don't want anything to happen. So this is this is what they're talking about doing. Um, call it, you know, snitching. I don't I don't care. But our job is to keep people safe on both sides of the issue, um, because we live in America and we're entitled to our opinions. Um, as long, uh, you know, Judge Lewis Brandeis from the Supreme Court way back when said, the right to swing your fist ends where the other man's nose begins. I like it. And that is something that people need to keep in mm-hmm. mind. You know, you can have your opinion. You can talk about your opinion all you want, but keep your hands to yourself and stay out of the roadway and uh, don't steal people's signs and rip them up. <laughs> oh, because that could be a, a cause that, well, for a problem as well. That higher tension and then yeah. that starts fighting. And, you know, so just have your opinion. Personally, for me, I my opinions go at the ballot box. Yeah. Amen. You know, I, Same. I, I, like, uh, protest all you want. That's my job to keep you safe. Mm-hmm. I'll do that to my last dying breath. No matter what side you represent, No matter what side you represent. I've stood in front of the Klan as they were spewing their nonsense for hours, (laughs) you know, in in the bitter cold when they would come and do their protest in the middle of January. And, you know, here we are as a big department out there in force because we want to show that this is not going to get out of hand. Do you guys have measures and things that you set up and put in place as well? Just kind of like I, I did when I was at ODOT. I'm just like, I'm sure here at Yeah, in depending as on well. the situation, depending on the venue. Back then, uh, we didn't have that nice park there by the by the courthouse. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were in the street. So Main Street was blocked off. Calhoun Street was blocked off. And we had them separated. And that's our taxpayer dollars, though, yeah. going towards you guys, yeah. blocking that all off, being there, barricades up or what have you. Yeah, and it was, it was, so it was winter, so you really have to have those contingencies Ooh. for cold. So we had to have running buses able to keep our officers warm and rotate them out because it was it was like two degrees Mm -hmm. and you're out there for hours so you can't you can't stay in that kind of element for hours and expect people to be on their on their top game have you seen this video it's gone viral it's of jody sweeten uh, from full house she was out i believe it was in california somewhere she was protesting leading a protest and she was standing on what appeared to be like the curb or, or just off to the side of the curb onto a road and it looked like LAPD officers basically kind of coming to clear out that road. Again, I'm going off what a video looks like. Shove is kind of an intense word, but they were kind of pushing back a little bit all of these protesters that were in the street to get them to come up to like the sides or where they could safely stand. And in it, Jody gets pushed. It's a very dramatic display of her 
falling to was the ground. Was it a soccer flop? <laughs> yeah, it was It was very much so. Um, I couldn't help but, you know, applaud her for her acting skills, which yeah. is what she does or did on Full House. I think they have a reboot now. But anyway, at what point can or will police officers actually touch and engage with said protesters? Well, I know here, you know, we're audible first. Um, I know that was a huge complaint back in the day, but, but our, our microphone had broken, so we were just trying to yell Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you couldn't hear through the masks you know you're getting verbal commands but there's so many people down there it's so hard to hear um but i would be surprised if i learned that the police weren't shouting orders as they were marching towards them i'm sure they were so if if people aren't going to listen to when i'm verbally giving you a lawful command to get back out of the roadway onto the sidewalk where you're supposed to be then yes the next one would be a physical touch or a physical push and that is how they're trained so as you're standing in the formation of the line you're you're and moving they were. forward they actually were in fact in a line yeah. kind of moving right and that, down that is how we do yeah. that and you push people back back and you can repeat repeatedly make those orders so if you're not following those orders then you know what what's the next step what what do you want them to do yeah yeah they've already told you they've commanded you a lawful order to get back out of the illegal roadway that you shouldn't be on onto the legal sidewalk you have got to watch the video if you haven't seen it i have not seen it um, no i i saw the he- the headline but you know it's just i've really just kind of tuned out yeah um as of late i've i just want to see happy things right now <laughs> You and me I, both. I'm like, I, I, Sophia's <laughs> over there busy YouTubing videos of kittens. You know, I went to the Billy Joel concert this Saturday, and I was just, it was a nice little getaway I'm from jealous. all of the drama that's been going on. And I just, I needed a little break, and that was, that was nice. I'm a little hoarse. <laughs> hoarse from, from singing yelling and singing. <laughs> and well, yelling and unfortunately, I'm going to bring you back to the drama because the other thing, you know, that I feel like gets like, talked about a lot, at least when it comes to police officers and protests and how they handle protests, is the, the tactical gear being worn. A lot of times you'll hear, like, why do they need the helmets? Why do they need the shields? <laughs> you know, can you explain that one for us? Oh my gosh, it's just for safety. Um, officers still get hurt. We still had officers hurt. Um, during our 2020 protests here, and they're in that full guarded uniform. Um, you know, you'd be amazed at what's thrown at officers. We had urine, bleach, rocks, Ugh. frozen bottles, um, all thrown at officers. And, you know, hurling a frozen water bottle is like hurling a big rock. And if you want me to, if you want to stand there without a helmet on and let me throw a rock at your head, mm-hmm. then no, let's let's try that yeah. <laughs> um, and see how it works out. So. Our job is to protect ourselves so we can protect this community. So having that protective gear, you know, helps us do that. You mentioned, you know, that everyone has the right to peacefully protest and you will obviously be there to defend that right uh, until your last breath. If you could give listeners or just individuals in general like tips how to peacefully, properly protest. Are you able to do that? Could you do that? Here's what you do. If they are going to protest. If you're going to protest, which is your right to do, and I'm all for it if that's what you want to do, um, then you find a public space, not private property. Um, you have a sign if you'd like, yell, support your cause, do whatever you want, but stay out of the roadway, mm-hmm. stay out of people's way, don't deliberately get in people's faces. Nobody, nobody wants that. You wouldn't want that if someone was against what you're standing for and you know, because that's that's your personal space, mm-hmm. getting in someone's face, and then then you're yelling and you're spitting, and that's just gross. <laughs> um, <laughs> like you said, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Um, and, and then take that 
angst, take that anger, take that fervor and go forth and do something productive with it. It's great to hold a sign and to, to be rah-rah for your cause, but then find a way to actually further your cause, whatever that may be. I'm, I'm a doer. So mm-hmm. like you, protesting for me, eh, I have better time, things to do with my time, like actually making a difference. Yeah. And, and if it's if it's this legality of stuff that you that you want this legislature to, to take notice of, then then you'll need to be at the ballot box. Right. You'll need to get on the ticket and run. And, and if you want your voice heard, then be the voice and go forth and conquer. Yeah, yelling at a mom walking up the street probably yeah, that doesn't do anybody gonna any do good. a lot of good. No, it actually will will dissuade your message because now you've that that conversation you could have had with someone to maybe let them hear your point of view mm-hmm. is now lost because they've shut down. They're they're, they're in your not, face with that they're spittle not here, coming yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> they're not here to hear you. Now they just mm-hmm. think that you're crazy and instead of passionate mm-hmm. And they just, they're not going to listen to your message. Um, I don't know how many times I've shut down just from people in my face. You know, I want to have a rational conversation. Let's have a discussion. But I don't want to be talked down to. I don't want to be made to feel like my opinion or my points don't matter. Let's have a conversation where, and it's a two-way conversation. Well, that's a lost art in today's day and age. And that, that is what my problem is with protesting nowadays. It's just simply not what it was. Yeah, it's who shouts 20, the loudest. 30. Yeah, it, it just, it's just not the same anymore. And, and the vitriol coming, it's they're just words that are just vile. Mm-hmm. And everybody sinks to the lowest language. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I've heard... Not to get political, but I've heard people, you know, wishing rape and mm-hmm. wishing all this horrible thing on people instead of just let's talk about mm-hmm. why you're so passionate about it. Tell me your side. Let me listen to you and you listen to me and listen to my side and let's find some common ground that we can agree on. And we may never agree. Yeah. This I, I don't think this is one of those issues that we'll ever agree. It's, it's a lost art trying to yeah. find common ground, unfortunately. Yeah, and it's sad. It's it is sad. sad. And I always feel like it's one of those things where it's like greasy wheel gets the oil. We don't always hear about the good. We don't hear about those conversations that people are having. Like you and I, Sophia, I know you and I have disagreed <laughs> yes. on a handful of things, yeah. but we're still able to have really civil, common sense conversations. Because are... I like to think we're both adults. Right. Amen to that. <laughs> I like know? to think the same thing. And people with opinions. And and I don't want to think like everybody else. Yeah. I think I think that's boring. That's what makes you you, Sophia. <laughs> yes. So when things do turn physical, I know we've had some of those situations here in Fort Wayne, Indiana ourselves. Uh, but in the case even of like Jody in, in California, if, if there is some kind of serious injury, you know, I don't know whether it's a broken bone, a burn, I, what, what, what have you. Who is responsible for the, uh, let's say, financial damage because of that injury? Is you know the person who sustained the injury, the person who gave the injury? How does that work out? Depends on the situation. So is this is this someone being someone being taken into custody? Is this part of a resisting kind of thing? I, I'm, so there's so many variables that yes, go into, it. into the situation, but most of the time. Significant injuries aren't going to happen from me pushing someone back onto mm-hmm. the sidewalk. Um, but that is a lawful command I'm giving you. If you're failing to do that, that technically would be resisting. Um, so if hypothetically Jody, you know, just fell just right and broke her ankle, that's on her to. Yeah, we would probably take Jody out of that crowd, move him back. And on our line, we have medics. Mm. Um, so on our. PSRT team, our SWAT team, we have SWAT medics, so they would treat that person and then have an ambulance come and they would take her out of that situation to get her whatever help she needed if we knew that the injury occurred. Yeah. 
Um, a lot of times we're moving and it's a fast pace. You know, we, we don't know who's injured and some people um, might not even know they are because adrenaline's pumping at that time. A lot of times you don't feel that pain mm -hmm. until it's later. Um, visible injuries are a little bit easier to see if there's blood or, you know, lacerations, those kinds of things. What about protester to, to protester? Those are all civil cases because you're now engaged in a physical confrontation with someone else. Now, if someone's the aggressor and you're not doing anything, then, yeah, that person's responsible. Mm -hmm. There could be charges that come from that. Um, but most of the time, there's eyes in the skies everywhere. There's news cameras everywhere. So someone or with the, all the people's phones and stuff, the there's always are gonna some reveal kind themselves. of video coming out. Now, I would caution people that, that just because you see a snippet of a video doesn't mean it's the full story of the mm -hmm. video. So always wait until... The full stories out. Context you is take important. This, yeah, before yeah. you take this small snippet, because anyone can show an officer, you know, pushing back on someone at that precise moment where that person falls, and it looks like the officer's the aggressor. When that officer's been repeatedly giving verbal commands, and you know, maybe they have kind of gently pushed them, and then finally had to be a violent, more violent push. Um, so you know, it's just one of those things where I, I just caution people that videos only show a perspective, and sometimes there's a different. A line eye on that that might show a different view of what really happened back in the day I mean when you decided to even get into law enforcement did you ever dream this would be something you would have to deal with because to me I feel like if I'm, I'm gonna go into law enforcement you think about like solving crimes and catching yeah. the bad guy right you don't think about oh I'm gonna have to go stand out in the freezing cold in January uh, <laughs> while the clan, the clan is coming to town I mean that's just that, I'm still kind of hung up on that it just uh, blows my mind no, I, you know, I, I never thought of that aspect of law enforcement. Yeah. And I never thought we'd get to this point now that we are. It's one of those things where and now as I'm older and in, in more of a command position, it's like making these command decisions of like, who are you sending out and where are your team's going to go and making these kind of um, organizational decisions. Um, so it's just different. Mm -hmm. It's different. And, I, and you really don't think of policing in that regard when you're coming into it. Are you ever all. scared? I mean, were you scared? I mean, to go down there and stand in front of the Klan, I mean, that's... I was not. I was, I, you know, I'm a lifelong learner, and, you know, you hear about the Klan, and you hear about stuff that they talk about, and, you know, but you never, I, I'd never really been around it. I mean, I'd heard stories. My dad would tell stories. You know, my dad grew up in Texas, and he would tell stories of things that went on down there, and so I, but I never experienced anything like that, and and I think at the time, it was more, you know, this wasn't at the, at the height of the clan years You're right you know this was back in you know the late 90s do, um but do you ever get calls you know let's say um hey we need the fort wayne police department to come here for this protest we're going to have at this time on this date do you get calls like that and and is that your discretion i mean can you tell an organization no we can tell an organization no but is in the best interest of the city to do so. That's what you got away. So what's the what's you mean, the, in, you mean in the best interest of the city to to be there for protection? Yes. Is that, gotcha. Like, is it in the best interest not to be there or to be there? Mm -hmm. um, because if things get out of hand, it's always better to be there and be not needed than to try and muster yeah. everybody quickly to get them to to calm things down. But no, we we have been called up for by other um, cities for mutual aid. We have had. Hmm. I remember there was a. Clan rally in Crown Point back way back in the 90s. I um, mean, that turned to a hot mess. Um, but Crown Point did not have resources. They called all over the state. There was troopers. There were officers from wow. a lot of cities around town because this was a huge Klan rally. And Crown Point was really one of the one of the major cities for the Klan. And it turned into mm -hmm. fighting everywhere. I mean, it was it was just it like was, you'd maybe imagine it. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad. 
but we were able to get that under control because we had those resources there and, and we were able to provide those for Crown Point. And then the next year when that came up again, um, they took note. They didn't want Fort Wayne officers back down there. <laughs> wow. The, the Clan. Yeah. Right, Not, right. The Crown Point wanted no, us. No, I, do, I got we, it. We, we knew what we were doing. We knew yeah. what we could do, what we couldn't do. And, you know, we went, we went with a show of force, which is how you handle those things. I, I always think we have to weigh these things very carefully because it only takes us a few people to get things out of control. Um, and that mob mentality that happens so mm -hmm. quickly, even even though people are like, oh, that'll never be me, I'll never follow the crowd, you do. Mm -hmm. um, it's very easy to get caught up in the moment and with emotion, um, especially when you're so passionate about something. And we've seen that happen time and time again, and people who have never been in trouble end up in trouble yeah. and doing things that they would never do if that mob mentality wasn't there. I would encourage people to, to think before they act, to think before they wanna go stand downtown with their sign. I'm not discouraging peacefully protesting because I 100% support that right as well. But like you just said, that mob mentality, there's a fine line and boy does it get crossed it, so fast. It does and there, are, and there are people who are just, their job is to go and make trouble. Yeah, yeah, they, they are paid they, to do it. Yes, and, and they come to these, these seemingly peaceful protests and they start agitating people and they start getting people mm -hmm. emotionally charged. Um, whether it's, you know, poking the bear at, at the topic or taking the devil's advocate side and, and getting people fired up. Mm -hmm. And I always caution people to, I, and, and I know why people do it. I know people want their children involved in, in things oh, like this because yeah, they want right. to, they, and it's important that kids have an understanding of what the rights we do have and, and this, for, for better or for worse, what a wonderful country we live in. And I, I get, I, on some level, I get their point of taking their children down here to witness things like this that happened. But on the on the other side, as an officer, I, I, I'm just like, why are you bringing kids down here? Because this can turn in a moment. Yeah, Sophia, I think there's a big difference between having your kid down there holding a sign, eight years old, in the thick of it, and you know, driving by or maybe walking a few blocks away to say, see, look, this is what yeah. our country is all about. This is a peaceful protest. This is what these people are here for. I wouldn't take my children down no, there. Me neither. And I'm ju I just, I just want to caution people from doing that because, like I said, things can turn in an instant, and and here you are caught up with your child in the middle of something, mm -hmm. and God, there's nothing we wouldn't do, wouldn't do to protect our children. Sophia, I feel like I've learned a lot. Hopefully our listeners have learned a lot. I do think it was timely. Uh, the protests that are happening, I don't foresee them going away anytime no. soon. But if you're, you're like the texter who opened up our show today and you do have questions or thoughts, comments, opinions, you can text us on our text back line at 46862. You can email me, kblakesley at wowo.com. Uh, we definitely want to try and touch on everything that you guys want us to discuss here on Unholstered. If you've missed any previous episodes of Unholstered, you can always download the Unholstered podcast anywhere you download a podcast. Your town, your team, your topics. This is Unholstered. Thanks for listening to Unholstered. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. And remember, you can listen every Saturday morning at 1030 on WoWo 1190 and 1075 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media.